How's it going, lovebirds? You are now listening to the podcast that brings you good relationship advice from real relationship experiences from real people. This is episode 19 of the Good Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Brown Jr., the Good Company Relationships Expert. And if you're in need of daily motivation or relationship tips, you can follow us on Instagram. Just search Good Relationships Podcast. And on today's show, I have a very special guest for you. Mr. Tavian Johnson, yeah, a yeah. local music music artist. He just opened up a studio located in East Moline, Illinois. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and yourself? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, so yeah, studio definitely coming in hot. Um, I would like to say I'm an artist with a studio. Um, I saw a need that we um, needed a space where people could really come out and create, and I'm trying to do my best to give that to people. So um, that's something that I'm working on right now. But mainly, you know, I'm just out here trying to share my experiences with the world like everybody else, trying to live mm-hmm. my life and do what I do. Um, and one of the things I do is music. Another one of them is recording and engineering um, and, you know, some more community stuff as well. I got a day job, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, man, just out here trying to have a good time. And if I got some things that I've experienced that people need to hear, I'll do my best to try to get those out to the world. Okay. How can people reach you after the podcast? Yeah, definitely. Um, so <clears throat> eastsideworldwide.com. That is the easiest place. That's the hub. It's got everything on there, all the Twitter, Instagram links, anywhere, uh, all that stuff. Uh, if you need any of my socials, Taj Raps on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't tweet much. I ain't got time <laughs> for that, but I post some stuff on Instagram. Um, my Facebook, can't have that. That's personal. But my Facebook page is just Taj. You can get it, T-A-J. Um, that's where you get a lot of the music and content that I'm creating and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Cool, cool. Well, once again, I appreciate you for, uh, for coming on and, uh, I guess we should get into the topic. Yeah. Uh, the topic today, lovebirds, is love yourself before you try to love someone else. Again, that's love yourself before you try to love someone else. And you know how we do. We're going to go straight into the topic with some questions. You ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. So my first question for you is, why do you feel like it's important for you to love yourself before you jump into any relationship? Um, before you jump into a relationship, that's an interesting caveat. Uh, well, number one, the most important thing about the loving yourself is, realistically, you have to kind of see love for what it is. And for me, and you know, my long 25 years of existence, I've seen people do incredible things for people that they love i've seen people do a lot of stupid things for people that they love and i've seen people give up you know damn near everything for people that they love and so it seems to be that love is more of an action than something that you do than it is just some kind of uh word that we just toss around and you know throw at people and expect from people that's a crazy one but um to love someone is to really care about that person in my opinion at least is to care about that person in the same way that you care about yourself. Mm. And if you can't check mark the box, which is I care about myself in this way or I care about myself this much, then it's going to be very hard for you to reflect that onto the person that you're so-called trying to love because you don't even have the capacity to do that to the most intimate person, which is yourself. Mm. How are you going to expect to do that to anybody else? So that's, that's one part. But um, one thing that I think is interesting, and I think that, I want to get into this first just because it'll make the conversation a little bit easier as we can, like, you know, move some excuses for people around and show people that they're not the only one having some of these problems that we're going to talk about probably. Um, 
we can talk about jumping into relationships, definitely, because you have choice over that. <laughs> but you can't jump into any relationships when it comes to your family. That's who you got. You pretty much are born into that. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a choice for that. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that is interesting is you kind of get put into this trial period for being a human for 18 years where they don't really let you do anything. Mm-hmm. But you got to abide by the rules. And if not, you get punished. Some people get punished more than others. Some people don't get punished at all. Some people get punished too much. But up until like 18, you don't have control over your environment. And to really understand that you have to love that too, even the parts of that that you don't love, and know that that is a part of you and that's going to end up being part of your story, Mm -hmm. whether or not it feels good or bad at the time, Mm -hmm. that is still a part of your story. Right. Um, I think a lot of people got to start there because there's a lot of people who walk around making excuses like, well, I just have a bad temper. I got, I'm, I'm Italian, and Italians just got bad tempers. It's like, bro, no, what, what? What are you talking about? Like, you make it seem like you don't have any choice over this. Or, you know, one thing that's very easy to do is adopt the problems that your parents have. Like, mm. a lot of people do that. And, like, I'm not talking about, like, alcoholism, because that's one thing that people put as a concession to this, which is, like, yeah, alcoholism runs in my family. Like, I totally get that. Heart disease runs in families. Like, obviously, you're going to get social influences from your family, some more than others. But right. the end of that though is you still have to be able to come to terms with where that puts you in space or like where that puts you in the universe and you can make excuses all day long but that's not going to change the fact that that was the cards you was dealt mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you got to you got to come to terms with a lot of things before you try to you know you got to come to terms with a lot of aspects of your life and how it's come to terms or you got to come to terms with a lot of parts about your life and how it became the way it is before you try to expect to positively influence someone else's life. Right. And so, you know, basically what you're saying is, you know, you don't really control what family you were born into. No. And you don't necessarily have complete control over the situations that happen in that environment or the people who are doing certain things that uh, may affect how you are raised or, you know, how you are developed. But, you know, before you can really move on into the world as an adult and try to, you know, express yourself fully and try to give yourself to someone else, you must first, you know, really understand the situation that you were placed in and love everything that, I mean, basically who you are, everything, good or bad. You got, you got two. You got environment and you got genetics. That's the nature and nurture. How do you want to split? Don't matter. You get two car- hands of cards that play into the cards that you were dealt. What genetically makes you up and where you were around when you were developing the cognitive processes that you use to combat the world and cope with the things that you have to do. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, like, the hard, the easy trap to fall into is the woe is me, all of these terrible things happen to me. Yeah, yeah, they happen to everybody. And, like, some are worse than others. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, that sucks. But that's not changing anything. And, like, it's, it's tough because when people really want to talk about what they have going on, they want to spend all their time complaining. I'm only trying to hear, like, 25% complaints and, like, 75% of what are we going to do to make this better? Because, right. like, me listening to you complain is doing nothing but p- passing on that same negative energy that you got right now mm-hmm. onto me. Mm-hmm. And then we got to deal with it together. Mm-hmm. And and I'm all for sharing the burden when it's a burden that I believe in, but, that com- like, complaining is not going to be the way that you get make things better i'll tell you that right now okay so uh, that being said what would you say is the like the first step to you know for people to actually 
start loving themselves? Like, how do they go into within themselves to figure out what is wrong with them or what things that they need to deal with before they can start, you know, truly feeling healthy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and it's crazy because I got to play the balance of there's a difference between self-care and, like, self-love and self-fulfillment. There's a difference between that and when what people popularize now is enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Like, there's two different questions that you're trying to ask. Mm-hmm. One question is, with the self-care and how do you love yourself, is how can I more positively... How can I have a better positive image of myself reflected in the world? Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and one of the reasons I say reflected is because the only time you really look at yourself, whatever that is, is in the mirror. And the only time that you get feedback from other people is off of other people's faces and emotions and responses. Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. really, it's a that reading. That's literally it, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's all you got. That's all you got. All of that is your perception on your perception in the world. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, and that's one, how to improve that. And then the other one is what is the point of it? Or, like, where, why are we doing this and all that? And I, I've spent a lot of time on the second one. Because I feel like the first one can be answered by answering the questions from a philosophical standpoint. But I'm going to try to stray away from that as much as possible because I know that everybody's interested in that. So one thing that I think is very important that doesn't necessarily need utility for like deep and perpetual thought is, and the, Buddha, the Buddhist monks got nailed this one on the head, life is suffering. Like People have to... Whoever sold you on the la-la land of way of that this is going to work, I'm sorry, because that's tough. That actually makes it harder on you than someone who went through some stuff when they were younger, and now they know that this isn't just going to be roses and daisies all the time. Because mm-hmm. you got to know that that's going to happen, and you got to be able to have things in place to combat those things. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know that those are problems, or you don't know that you're going to run into those problems, etc., etc., you're just setting yourself up for the eventual issues that you're going to face. You see a lot of that when you come to really good parents. Like, you've done a great job putting a barrier between your kid and the scary things that are outside the wall, but one, either one of two things are going to happen. One, your wall is not going to be good enough, or you're not going to be able to put, keep the wall up. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to face the scary things either, e- anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the first things that you have to understand because it's easy to make excuses for yourself. It's harder when you know... At the same excuses you're trying to make, someone else made into the reason why they had to keep going or the reason why they changed their life or the reason why they decided to get better. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make excuses for it. They just made it a part of their story and tried to keep moving and push forward through it. And, and so, so you're saying, like, whatever suffering you're going through, because everyone goes through suffering based off of whatever we perceive suffering to be. Yeah, you're, everybody's worst day is their worst day. Exactly. You're saying learn how to deal with that and learn how to love that because you can grow from that essentially well and 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 i'm only i think the love thing we got to get these romanticized concepts under control when we're talking about practicality because oh yeah for sure i definitely want that (laughs) i definitely want that um and like oh and here's the crazy thing bro we can cut this like easily cut this but I am very happy that I have. I know oh, you're good. We're we're live. We just uh, got some coffee. Thank you, Kelsey. Oh, this is amazing. I hope this doesn't burn me. Sometimes they make it super hot. Was it green tea? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um. I should have got honey. I didn't say honey. I mean, we might as well move into the next question. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on, hold on. 
There's something I didn't want to say about that. Um, the when it comes to, and I'm not saying like we got to get the romanticized concepts under control when we're talking about practical actions and ways of living life. Because mm-hmm. like you saying, if I love my job, I'll never work another day. Yes, that's perfectly acceptable. I get where you're coming from with that. But the reality of the matter is. If you have a job that takes your time and energy away from your family and then something happens with your family, you're not going to love that job at that moment. That's not how that works. So, yes, you can romanticize that. I just need to find this dream job that I need. Or you need to find what works now and do that. And just make sure that you're still taking the steps towards whatever this grandiose idea of what you think love is supposed to be or what you think fulfillment or determinism is supposed to be. And stop psyching yourself out before you even get to the batter's box. Like, people people think that things are so big and so great because of what they see on Instagram that they psych themselves out before they even try something. It's tra- it's tragic, bro. Where do you where do you feel like people get that that concept of love from? Like that Disney. You just said one of them. <laughs> Multi bro, you bro. People don't know. Yo, look up how much Disney's worth. Look up what they own. <laughs> you tell me if. You listen. Let me put it like this: Everybody that has seen the movie Lion King can attest to the fact that Lion King has very similar themes to a lot of stories. Main character, tragedy happens. They lose their way. They come back, glory. That's that Rocky, uh, the Gladiator movies, Three Hundred. Like any any type of heroic, that's that pattern, right? Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that the company that made the the story almost like you name a better hero outcome story than Lion King that story has sold more content as far as ways of influencing emotions and representing emotions that's what movies are like people people don't understand that movies are just a higher abstraction like it's yeah if the the guy is tall and handsome he's gonna get the girl but what if he's tall handsome and speaks Spanish like that's what movies are you get these unbelievable people who play these unbelievable roles because it's really just what we all think that those things are mm. to a thousand percent. And then they just hone in on one of them and then you get Bird Box. Like, they hone in on one of them and you get the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like, there's caveats to it, but I think the, like, what Disney's doing is genius because they're playing to these deep needs that we have for emotional connection and representation. Like, I want to go see the girl fall in love. I need a time to cleanse myself of the negative emotions so I go watch like a tragedy. Or like, I wanna feel the heart strings when the girl walks away from the guy but I hope they get back together. Like all of those things are very basic base level emotions that are represented at a very high level. But we're in the age of consumerism now so people can get that at a click of a, mm-hmm. all you gotta do is pull your phone out. You don't even need a TV no more. Mm-hmm. My sister mm-hmm. is hilarious. I was like, girl, you watch so much TV. She's like, I don't watch TV, and held up her computer. I was like, oh, you snapped. Said, that's crazy, because you're definitely not watching TV. Yeah. That's my generation. Yeah. Like, That's what we was doing. I was in front of the TV all the time. They don't need a TV. They do that on their phones. So would you say that someone is basically watching these movies, they're getting these ideas, these um, situations, and then because of how influenced they are because of it, they're basically acting it, acting it out in their own life? As you should. Because, listen, and, right. and let me put it like this. It's not movies no more. Because remember, this is this is me, this is us talking about our childhood. Now it's Instagram, it's Snapchat, it's Twitter, mm. right? So all of those are now the, the social influencers, the thought influencers, the thought leaders when it comes to youth. And 
when it was just the movies, you had three directors you was going to have to go through before you even got this clear. Now, no director, straight to the media, and you can listen to anybody living their life in any way, shape, or form and say, I like that life better than the one I'm currently living now. Here's the kicker. You don't have that choice, mm-hmm. especially if you're mm-hmm. under 18. Try. Try to leave. They'll put an Amber Alert on your ass. You'll be back home in less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to go well for you, right? So I think that, that has a large part to do with it. But for me to just attack social media like it's a problem, that's not the case because this has been happening. Like, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is just a reiteration of it. This yep. is the new, this is the next step of it. It's just gotten better. It's just gotten quicker. It's better to the consumer. Everything mm-hmm. will lead to the convenience. That's why I have headphones in my ears that aren't even in my ears so I can still talk to people. Like, it's convenient for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's going to still be what drives things. I think consumerism is making it so that now is, like, the saddest time for you to be on your phone. Like, people are usually just scrolling aimlessly, just trying to get that little endorphin kick out of liking someone's picture or when someone likes theirs. But I think that the problem still is, I'm not, I'm not telling people not to dream, and that's one thing I like to do better, because that would be cynical. I'm mm-hmm. very, I, I would like to think I'm not a cynic. But what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is you got to be realistic with where you're at, where you're trying to go, and how you plan on getting there. And, and any time that you, yeah, yeah, just those three things are very important. And you, um, and you would say that, you know, that realization would be like opening the door to self-love. Yes, yes, yeah. Because you, you got to get the microscope out. Like, you got to be able to actually monitor yourself. You got to know... And I'm sure we're going to get into this, obviously, because this is the first step to it. But you got to be able to see why you're doing what you're doing. You mm-hmm. got to have the ability to be like, oh, I snapped because of this. And I don't like snapping. And mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. making that person feel this way. And this is why that started in me. This triggered that in me. This is the thought I had that led to the thought. And then I did this. People don't get that. People don't have that abstraction of version of the first part. They don't have the ability to be like, this is what sent me off. Or... My mom said this to me, and that's why I do this. Or, like, whatever it is, people don't have that. They just get straight to the emotion. They feel the emotion come up inside them, and they act. Mm-hmm. And that's a it's a high-risk way of living the planning game, bro. That's okay. A, it's going to fuck it up. And so let's say they open that first door. They're willing to become more self-loving. And now they're faced with this this part of themselves that seems so dark and so like <laughs> destructive <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so, bro this, so, like, all right let's get into it so how does <laughs> let's get into it um mm, so how how does somebody who has no experience of dealing with emotions in general because you know we're not just talking about mm-hmm. anyone who has yeah, experience yeah. Anyone, we're talking about the board. across the board so this is someone who's who's willing to say okay i want to love myself better i know that there's parts of me that are very um, held down that are dark that are destruction that are that are destructive that are sad and I'm ready to face them yeah that yang yeah what is that what does that look like that for yang. a normal person okay, that has okay. no experience I'm a, I'm a this is one of the so I, I would fancy myself as an intellect like I, I, I think that my best skill is the ability to grasp concepts and then break them down into very easily digestible pieces I, I really enjoy doing that a lot and so I'm going to try to do this. My goal is that I can be able to explain things to a third grader. The only reason I pick a third exactly. grader, my girlfriend taught third graders, and they're interesting little things. Like, they don't really care what goes on. They're just trying to have a good time. And if you can keep their attention long enough, mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. And if they care about what you're talking about, they definitely will listen. Exactly. But you have to make them care. 
which is very important, as I've seen with studying a, like some more contemporary philosophy. But so this is this is what I would say. You look in the mirror, you see the thing, whatever the thing is for you. Everybody has those things that they don't want to talk about. Let me put it like this. Whatever you don't tell the person that you tell the most, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're not talking about to the person that you talk about to every other problem you have, that. Whatever that is, that. When you are faced with that, I think two things help that daunting, like, scariness of it, which is, one, there is no good without bad. Everything has spectrum. Everything has to, you don't get to feel, to feel warm if you've never felt cold. Mm -hmm. There is no 100%, there's no maximum hot. We don't know what the hottest thing is, and we don't even, we say absolute zero. Absolute zero is still a number. It's not an actual zero. Like, there is no point of all the way. So, knowing that you're always going to have some sort of what you would say bad part of yourself is not going to change the fact that it's part of yourself. You just have to deal with the fact that they. What did he say? What is the is the head of the snake dragging the tail, or is the tail pushing the head? Mm -hmm. It's just you. It's it, that it is what is going to be. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. now I'm not saying that you can't do anything because you know what most people here they're like, all right, fuck it, well we just all gonna be bad then, like we just gonna fuck it up together. Right, <laughs> like, right. And no, that's obviously not what I'm saying. I think the other part of it, like once you understand that, like these things happen because it happens for everyone. Then you can get to the point with, what about this do I not like? Because unless you're talking about physical actions like, I just stole this straw. Like, unless you're talking about it all the way down to one things that you're doing, you're still in the level of abstract, abstraction. So, like, let's say, for instance, I say, I want to set the table. I'm going to set the table for a dinner. If I told a third grader to set the table for the dinner, they would probably just start throwing silverware at the table. No mm -hmm. idea what they're doing. If I tell an adult that, they're probably going to lay... I don't know what the actual format is, but, like, mm -hmm. you put the table here, there's some forks over there's there, and there's some few spoons over there. Right. Some, I think the knives are at the top. Who knows? I don't know. But that's setting the table. That's a level of... That doesn't mean anything. That's not an actual... I mean, it, it's a thing, but mm -hmm. it's a thing that would need explanation, right? So setting the table can go all the way to, hey, third grader, please come and put this fork right here. That's part of setting the table. And so then if they put the fork there enough, they'll know the fork goes there. And you do it with the knife and you do it with the plate, and you do it with the napkin. And then they slowly build up to that level of abstraction, which is now I set the table. Right. And so the table setting can be being a good parent, being a good basketball player, owning a business. All of these are high-level abstractions that involve multiple small tasks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So finding out what that abstraction is, I don't like how I talk to the people that I love. That's something that me and somebody has been walk working through lately. What's that abstraction? I don't communicate well. Well, then you have to go to the conversational basis. Do you yell? Are you too passive? Do you not put your stake in the ground? Do you not say what you mean? Do you lie about yourself? All these things. Then you pick one. Which one do you not like the most? I would start there because if you knock out the biggest one, the rest of them are much easier. Eat the frog is what Henry David Thoreau said. He said if you eat a live frog in the morning, everything you have to do for the rest of the day is not that hard. First of all, that's fucked up. But second of all, I get, I 100% get where he's coming from with that. Because it's like, do the thing you don't want to do. The rest of the things are easy compared to that thing. Like, some people tell you take cold showers. I've tried it. Not the biggest fan. Yeah. But I get it. If you do that, it's very easy to be like, you know what? Whatever else I was concerned with does not feel as uncomfortable as this shower just felt. And that's powerful. That's, that's motivating. That'll help get you there. So I think two things. 
recognizing that you're always going to be on the spectrum. There is no pure essence of good. Okay, let me not say that because there is a certain group of Christians that would be upset with me for saying that. But there's no abstraction that I've seen of any human that have gotten to perfect good. You will always have good and bad. That's mm-hmm. always going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep it moving throughout the day. And then if you can understand that you just saying, well, I'm not good at this, isn't helping. You have to go all the way down to the specific time, places, and actions and then pick apart what actually happened there. Figure out what part of it, where it went south, where you didn't like what happened. And then next time where that happens, Pray to God that you remember and you try to change it. Okay. Or whatever your God is. So, let's say they're committed to deconstructing these things about themselves, these monsters, and they're working on developing a better them, becoming the best mom, best dad, best coach, all of that. And so let's say they are working on this journey. Is there a certain timeline that goes along with this? And what's to, like... What, what should people expect when they, like, is there a, a feeling that they'll get when they're progressing? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, one, I, 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 it's hard to make empirical statements about this because, mm-hmm. one, I'm very novice in the sense of, like, how much I've studied it. I'm working on personal experiences, and I don't know everybody, yada, yada, yada. But, yes, I do think that there's a practical way of viewing the time that it takes to make these kind of things happen. It's something like this. If... And this is the way that I've adapted it. And I'm coming at it from, I would have to have a conversation with someone I love that they're doing something that bothers me. This is my best practice. And if you reverse engineer this, I think it'll give people an easy way to right these wrongs. So if someone, someone does something that I don't like, let's say someone likes to say shut up. And for whatever reason, people have deemed shut up to be very disrespectful these days. I think it was because it was so popularized in the 90s. People mm-hmm. just yelling at shit everywhere. Um, but... People don't like hearing that. So let's say I didn't, and then me and you were hanging out. So you tell me to shut up once, and I'm like, oh. But it was in context. It didn't feel malicious. I didn't have to feel scared of what was going on with me. I was just like, mm, didn't like that. I'll remember. I will document in my head, I did not like that. Then the next time it happens, I will remember again, and I will reference the first time to myself still. I'm just, hey, this is not just a one-off occurrence. This isn't something that just happened once and never happened again. It happened here, and then it happened here again, right? Mm-hmm. The third time, I'm going to say something. And not only am I going to say something, but when you inevitably be like, come on, man, I don't, I don't do that, then I'm going to reference the time that you did it before. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, man, then, and then I'm going to tell you about the third time. And then you're probably going to offer up a bunch of excuses. I'm going to shoot them down, too, and we're going to get to the point that you're just an asshole or whatever combination of words that it needs for me to get to the point where you aren't, stepping up to bat with your personal responsibilities mm-hmm. in our social mm-hmm. contract. Because that's something that's very important. Remember, all your relationships are really like social contracts. You just don't write them on paper. Exactly. I'm, I'm dating you. I'm not going to sleep with anyone else. That seems pretty standard mm-hmm. unless you're Swaggy P. He seems like he doesn't have rules. <laughs> or no, no, no. In the South of like Lou Will. Lou Will has two Lou has two wives. So apparently he's Mormon. Um, so that's how I would find it out if I was on the other end but you can reverse engineer it and do it the same way for yourself so like you've been in a conversation with someone and you've said something and the energy changed Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. keen on that Mm -hmm. that is what is important Mm -hmm. because you can speculate however you want after it's over and everyone's going to have their own personal recounts of how the statement goes and you can't change the past like that does that's not under your control 
whatsoever. Exactly. So when you're in, you're in it. You're in it. You have to remember that what is going on can be perceived while it's happening. And some people aren't to that level of abstraction yet, and I understand that, so I'm going to try to explain it the way that I think I can. But it's something like, while you're doing something, there's part of you that still can be like, how am I doing? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. um, it's kind of like if you've ever taught a kid to write the letters. They'll get so interested in the way the letters go, they'll stop remembering what they were writing. And you have to remind them that you're writing a word, you're not just writing letters. Right? You have to, there's a part of you that you could be like, Okay, I just said this. And instead of you being so excited to get without what you're about to say next, listen to what is going to be said. Or look and just really think about how that made that person feel. And before like people get um, too drawn away by listen, can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. Like, at any time, you can only be doing input or output. You can only be saying something. And people think they can multitask. No, you can't. There's science. It said you couldn't. I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. You can't. So if you're thinking about what you're going to say, you are by definition not listening to what the person is talking about. That's the m- number one thing that people have to realize. Is like, To listen is a full-time job. You should probably be looking at that person, preferably in their eyes or their mouth, and you should be thinking about what they're saying and letting their words resonate in the thoughts that you have currently. It doesn't mean that you're listening so encapsulated that you're not connecting it to what's going on. It just means that you're taking in the fullness of what they're saying with the intent of you being able to digest it fully and get the vibe or get the feeling or completely understand where they're coming from. It's called active listening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the same reason why my coach in high school told me, you're not listening to me if you're not looking at me. You listen with your eyes. Because if, you're, if I could be saying I'm listening to you, and be like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And that's, you know what's crazy? That's what a lot of people do when they see their significant other after they haven't seen them in a long time. And it's like, you should celebrate each time that you see that person again because that might have been the last one. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you, really. That might be it, bro. Really. And so like, for you to just be like, yeah, oh yeah, that was great, honey. That, that's fine. That's, mm-hmm. that's so, you're wasting those because mm-hmm. you only, mm-hmm. you have a finite amount of those. In which you don't know how much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a lottery. You get to see today. Am I going to see her again? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to see them again? And so to just hush that off, that's something that I had to get good at for sure because I would come home and be so excited for the things that I had to do and all the stuff that I had to do that, like, sometimes I wouldn't realize the fact that, like, I love this person and I'm seeing them right now. And so one thing that I do that's definitely helped my relationships, and this is just a tip, we're not even talking about this, but spend the first three to five minutes of a person that you care about when you see them again, treat it like you haven't seen them in three years. Like, treat it the same way you would had you seen, like, a high school buddy that you hadn't seen in forever. Because novelty is way more important to the brain than consistency because our brains are hardwired to, like, oh, is that a fruit? Oh, we ain't have fruit in a while. Let's go check that out. And that's how humans have amassed this mountain of knowledge that have allowed us to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. It's because we're good at like, oh, what's that? Like, mm-hmm. our brains are wired mm-hmm. for that. Exploration. And so you need to treat that re-entry into that relationship, that conversation that you're having again, with that same kind of enthusiasm, and you'll see all of your relationships improve easily. Awesome. Easily. Awesome. Okay, so um, apart from listening, there's a certain kind of visual observation that they should do also i'm assuming could Mm -hmm. you explain a little bit more about that yeah yeah this is like there's things that i don't talk about to certain people because i'm scared of what the power would be in other people's hands that i figured out and this is one of those things (laughs) yeah holy it's it's a a skill that you have to you know bro and and look 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 look. okay let me put it like this the nigga that made dynamite got a nobel peace prize 
Just let that sink in. The person who made dynamite for making dynamite got a Nobel Peace Prize. Dynamite led to gunpowder. How much good has gunpowder done in the history of humans? Like, not a ton. Somebody's <laughs> Not a ton. But my point being is, like, when we're talking about these things, we're talking about influencing other humans. There are certain people out there who would take that and, like Darth Vader, they would use that for evil. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You have to be cognizant of those people. Like, here's the one thing. These are the people that I'm scared of. I'm scared for. Let me, let me do this, too. Let me do two pass, and then we'll get into the reading people in conversations. There's two, there's people that I'm scared of and people I'm scared for. I'll start with people I'm scared for. People, actually, no. People I'm scared of. There are a group of people in this world who want to hurt people. Yeah. There's a group of people in this world that want to hurt people and are not only okay with hurting people, they want nothing more than to hurt you. They just, it's, it's like true malice. Like, and these people are... I mean, I can't say evil because I don't know of, like, what true evil is, but, like, they're just people out there that don't want to see anything bad, and they don't care if they hurt themselves on their way to hurting you. There's people like that. That's who I'm scared of. That I protect myself from those people. Who I'm scared for is the people that don't know those people exist. Because it's very easy for you to walk face first into something like that, and you're just like, but he loves me. And that, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he does not. He loves what you do for him and what he can do to you, but he does not love you. I will tell you that for a fact. And if you have to ask the question, I'm talking about you as well. Like, I'm sorry to put that out there, but, like, most people don't get that. Most people don't understand that part of the equation, and they get taken advantage of. And a lot of the people who take advantage of people have mastered the things that we're about to talk about when it comes to the ability of influencing social dynamics and relationships. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so here's, like, I'll give you, like, three of my top ones that I usually look for. Body language is very important. Like, I think when they did the statistic, only 30% of our conversation is verbal. The other 70% is comprised of other types of communication that are nonverbal. Body language is, like, most of it. So if someone's facing you and their feet are towards you, they're probably listening to you. If they're not, if their shoulders are away from you, definitely not listening to you. If their feet are pointed away from you, more subtle version of saying they're not listening to you. So here's something that you can do if that is a question in your mind. If you think you're one of those people who talk too much, which I definitely am, which is ironic because I'm talking right now. (laughs) But (laughs) um, if you get cut off in the middle of something that you're saying, wait and see if someone asks you what you were talking about. That's one of the most powerful ones. Because if they don't ask you, wait, what were you just saying? Or, like, what, what happened at the end of that story? Mm-hmm. They weren't fucking listening in the first place. Oh, you're about to get a lot of people in trouble. They were not listening <laughs> in the first place. And they weren't. And they were, And look, 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 look. I'm not saying that makes you unimportant. I am saying that either you should change the topic of conversation or find people who take you seriously. Mm-hmm. That's the only two things that I'm saying. And one of those could not be your fault. So that's an important one. And, 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 and the reason for knowing that and really relishing in that while you're in the conversation is because you shouldn't be wasting words on people who aren't worth the words anyway. Most people don't see their words like that, but words are power. And like, if you use them in that way, then they will, they will do for you those things. Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen. I do it myself. And so that's a big one. Know if someone's listening. And the second one is listen, but obviously we're already talking about that because you know, you need to listen to people that part of this is visual. Um, another one that I really like to use is if people 
Imagine if it was hot or cold outside. If the room temperature is where it is, if someone is sitting and standing like it's hot out, like they would be trying to air themselves off, but really that they're open, my torso is completely exposed right now, that is a sign of, that is a sign that they're more open to the conversation and they're more engaged. Mm -hmm. If they're closed off or they have their body turned, like I'm not going to pick on you, but your body's <laughs> clearly turned to him, but it's not towards me. You're more familiar with him. It's, it's, it, that is not even a question. Like, you could easily pick that up off of a room if you were paying attention. Mm -hmm. That's very important when it comes to, oh, why was she acting like that in the room? It's because she didn't fucking know you. Like, <laughs> she didn't know you. Mm -hmm. So she didn't talk to you. Like, that's not her fault. That's your fault for expecting people to just like you like that. Mm -hmm. Like that. And so there's a lot of people who will fall in that trap when it comes to their first impressions of people or how they pick up energy off people because they just aren't privy to that information or they aren't receptive enough to know that that's part of the dynamic that's going on. People succumb to that a lot, too. Um, and I think, uh, what's another good one? I think another good one is eye contact. And eye contact is something that is extremely intimate. Um, one of the theories as to why this is is because I know what you're thinking about if I know where your eyes are. So, like, if I can see that you're looking at someone else or you're looking at something, I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? If you're not engaged with me, or if you keep like looking off somewhere, mm -hmm. I can tell a lot about where your attention is based on where your eyes are. And obviously it means that you're listening to me, but you can also tell like nervousness, a lot of people look off and away. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. people feel like they're being dominated or they're in the lower part of the hierarchy in the conversation, they'll look towards mm -hmm. the floor. Down, yeah. They'll look down, their heads will be tilted down. So I ever put, tell you, put your head up. If you see basketball players when they put their hands on their knees and they bend over, natural sign of weakness that yeah. is literally what that means if in, in mm -hmm. animals mm -hmm. what, what what will happen is if you beat me and i don't want you to kill me i'll lay my neck on the ground and just be like you could kill me right now if you wanted to and then the dominant one's like all right i'm not gonna kill you you're good keep moving and that's how animals play that's setting the hierarchy that's i'm more dominant than you obviously humans now shake hands and size people up you know whether or not you're going to like somebody within the first two seconds of seeing them exactly did you know i'm assuming you knew yeah, that but I, I did yeah that. but that's crazy and it's like you, most of those pieces of information that you're operating on are not under your awareness when you're operating on them. They're subconscious. And that's what I was uh, going to ask about because a lot of people, they're not aware that they're um, giving off these responses. So, you know, that being said, you know, from the person that's watching, the person that's observing, how does someone kind of look at that and kind of like create, you know, the story, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can kind of, you can hear everything you're saying. It, it will take, I'm sure you studied that. I've studied yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. for someone to say, um, okay, they just had this response, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's something like, it's something like this. You have preconceived, um, you know, when you start up, like if anybody's ever played a video game where you had to create your character, you have like a template character. Mm -hmm. Like when you pop up, it's like a generic looking white dude with like a bowl cut. Like, that's pretty, like something along those lines, right? You have that kind of, like, cookie-cutter thought about a type of person when you see them. So, like, I see a black person. I have X amount of things that I relate to black people. I see a white girl. I have X amount of things that I relate to a white girl. It's funny because they're like, oh, my God, I'm a blonde. And there's a whole connotation that just goes with that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, whole thing, right? And that's one. And, like, we're talking about minute things, but these things have an infinite amount of interpolations off of them, right? Exactly. So 
number one, check your prejudice at the door. You got to know that you're going to be like, yo, what the... And then you got to be like, okay, okay, let me give this person a chance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you should treat every person that you meet as if that you can learn something from them. Yes. Even if what you learn is, I really don't fucking want to be like that person. That's perfectly acceptable. That is on the table for things you can learn from that person. So I think the when you're picking these things off or you're picking this part apart, person apart or you're thinking about how a situation's going, start with what do you have as the abstraction of that person? What do you think, what do you think women should act like? And then factor in what's your person of choice. Or if I'm dating someone, let me think about how I think women are supposed to be in relationships and then let me refer, reference to how I feel my girlfriend's being in a relationship. You might have some fucked up presuppositions already. You might not think that women should do X amount of things because that's a fucked up thing that your dad told you when you were young. And now you're still operating off of that. And the things that they are doing are irritating you because you have this part of your value structure that you're standing on that's faulty and that isn't allowing you to love that person the way that they should. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's on you. That's not on them. So you, part of it is what do you think that person is supposed to be doing? And the other part is what are you perceiving that that person is doing? And if those two things line up, you have happy, loving, caring relationships. If they don't, either one of them could be the issue. It could either be that you see relationships in a bad way or you have bad views in relationships or your structure that you have that relationships sit in is faulty mm-hmm. or it could be the person and that the person doesn't fit into your value structure because they're faulty and any combination of the two. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I like everything you said and... Um, I want to kind of expand it just a little bit just because I know there's different people who are in different um, relationships at different points in their life with different, mm-hmm. like, I mean, this, there's some people that have been in relationships for five months, two years, five, ten years. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so what would you say for... Man, you know, had a girlfriend for like six months and uh, she didn't even exist. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 all right that's the only absurd thing i'm saying okay i know you're good, I'm good. No, um, good. Right. so so for the people who are just not hearing this information that you're giving them when should they like explore this should they check it at the door if they're fresh <laughs> should they i mean they're they're deep yeah, into yeah. this relationship already yeah they're, yeah they're understanding like okay something's not right but here's an opportunity for me to figure out myself and figure out you know if my values that i've been given throughout life that i thought was right are actually, you know, conflicting with my current relationship. And how do I, you know, do I care about this person enough to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting thing. And this would be for the person who is really trying to do this and take this as serious as possible. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a relationship route, this is very insightful. Separate yourself from the relationship that you're currently in or stop jumping in the DM of the girl who you're trying to DM right now. And... Do yourself a favor. Write down a page full, 40 things, 30 things, whatever, 10 things that you should really do, like 50 or 40, of what you're looking for in a person. Be as descriptive and as detail-oriented as you possibly can. Really get into it. Five, six, brown hair, laughs and jokes, will watch porn with me. Like, whatever. (laughs) Whatever you're into. Whatever you're into. Write it on the paper. (laughs) After you do that, then flip the paper over and write what you need to do in order to obtain that type of person. That's where you should start because that'll tell you about your value structure 
and that'll tell you about the type of person that you want to fit into that value structure as well. And if the person that you're currently with isn't the person that you wrote on that first page, then, and let me be very, very adamant about this, because if no one is listening to the absurd things that I'm saying up to this point, like this is pretty much my whole argument in like a sentence. If you want to be with someone and you want to truly be in a loving relationship with them, you need to find out what things do you do and how do you do them and then figure out what things that they do and how they do them. And if you don't want to compromise on the things that you do or you don't want the things that they do in your life, then leave. Like, that, that's about as easy as it gets. Because it, if you care about them enough, you'll make it happen. That, that time has tested and shown that Romeo and Juliet killed themselves all the whole mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. you, if you love them, you'll do it or die trying. I've seen it happen. I've witnessed this happen. I'm glad you said that. That actually um, brings me into my, my last question. And it is basically consequences. Mm -hmm. And my question is, what do you feel like the consequences would be if you go into these relationships or if you're already in these relationships without self-love, without willing to, you know, compromise, what do you feel like the consequences of that would be? Let me think of, like, a really good analogy for this because I'd be saying this to people and they'd be like, oh, yeah, bro, for sure, and then do exactly what I told them not to do. <laughs> so apparently I'm not saying this correctly because it's not settling in. But it's something like this. If... If a happy life or whatever that is for you, first of all, there is no end destination. Keep rolling. It's going to keep going. And this game of life is going to kill you anyway. So strap in and play the best game you can. But whatever that end goal is for you, wherever you're trying to get, whatever you're trying to be, right? Wherever you are now, there's a path for you to get there. And there's a way for you to get there. And there's a, probably a way for you to get there that's going to lead to the most happiest outcome for you. It'll be the best, enjoy, most enjoyable experience for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to need a lot of things to get there, but most importantly, you're going to need a good sense of self-worth and value in order for you to overcome the obstacles that you over, you need to overcome. So think about your self-value, your self-worth, self-love, that's what we're talking about here, as being the ship that you're going to get there on. Because if you don't have the ability to stand and withstand all of the, the waves and hits that you're going to take while you're going, it's not going to work, right? So that's the ship. Where you want to go, you're true self, your inner, you know, Jesus, whatever you say is directing your actions or whatever you have going, that's the person that's navigating the ship. You're going to make those yes or no decisions at all those points where you have to try to decide whether or not you're going to be the person that you think you are or you're going to be the person in the actions that you do. Because all your, all your thoughts are just a random combination of things you could be. Once you act on them, that's now who you are in perception to the world. The action part is the changeover. And remind me, before, after this, we need to talk about... Um, there's a gap, the, the gap period between you becoming your emotions. But we'll get back to that. Back to the ship now. Um, self-love, self-care, self-worth is the ship. Your true essence of direction, who you want to be, navigator. You're going towards wherever you're going. You are where you are now. If your ship has holes in it, you're going to take on water. It's going to make your, sh your trip much, much harder. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the ability to say... I took an L today, but tonight I bounced back like Big Sean, then you will not bounce back, and you will not get where you're going. If you don't have the ability to say, no, 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 I messed this up, 
but I, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to try again. And that's what gets people. Because they'll change things for two weeks and then they'll do it again and they'll just be like, well, apparently I'm just never going to be better than this. And you're right. Because mm-hmm. if you think you can or you think you can't, doesn't matter. You're still right. Yep. Doesn't matter. Right? Believe. So if, you're, if your self-care, self-identity, whatever you want to call it, isn't strong enough to withstand it, you're going to take on water, you won't get there. What most people try to do is they try to bring on people to patch the holes. When in reality, what you're supposed to do is line your ship up with other people. And if someone's trying to patch the holes in your ship, they're not steering theirs. They're just trying to help you get where you're going. And that's a travesty. You can't do that to people. And most people make other people do that for them. Mm-hmm. They don't ask. Mm-hmm. They just tell them. And you're here. You're my son. You shouldn't do that to me. They can do whatever the fuck they want. That's a grown-ass man you're talking to. He has no allegiance to you if he doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not up to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, it was up to you until about nine. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he just decided what he was going to do from then. You don't mm-hmm. get to control that. Mm-hmm. And so... What I think what people have to understand is you can't feel, fill your holes with people because people, people come and go. Things die. Relationships crumble and people leave. But what is better than any of that and what even makes this game worth playing, what makes life worth living, is the fact that if you do find the right people, together you guys can be stronger, you can be more cunning, you can be... You, you get out of this tight little introspective bubble that is your own consciousness and you get to experience things from another person's point of view that widens your sensory reception to the world. All of these things are beautiful and they're worth having, but there's a certain amount of things you have to do before you get to enjoy those things. And if you don't do them and then you try to enjoy those things, you pathologize that person. Mm-hmm. You turn that person into a caregiver that you never had or you turn that person into a punching bag because you feel pain. That's not their fault. That's on you. And... I don't think that, when I say fault, I'm not saying that it's not something that caused that for you. What I'm saying is if you have to think about whether or not you're the fault of it, you should probably change something. Because then you're just going to perpetuate the cycle. And the worst thing you're going to do is just do the same thing to your kids. Mm -hmm. And then then you're just part of it. And then you're just as bad as them. Yeah. And so I think that that's the consequence, man. Like, You'll take somebody out of their whole little existence and then bring them. If someone's not better than you found them after your relationship with them, you're terrible. No, you're not. You could have things that happen to you and (laughs) problems that have come to you before that weren't necessarily under your control and you were just reiterating those things that you didn't have the facilities and capacity to be able to change them. With those people off the table, fuck you. Everybody else. Everybody that knows what they're doing and continue to doing it, Fuck them, because it's easy that way. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy for me to manipulate all the people that I'm around and read body language with the intent of extorting and getting things from people. Mm-hmm. It'd be very easy, mm-hmm. but I don't play the game that way because it's better play the other way, in my opinion. Yep, and there's, yeah, and there's certain ways of, like, if you play the game the right way, we're, man, we're utilizing the word game to... Yeah. That's just because um, I like basketball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I say game because if people are like, this is what life's for, they can right. easily, they're just going to start shooting at it. Because it's like, I, I try to, if you try to roll all of the abstraction up into like, this is what everyone does. Like, no. People are going to be like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, right, yeah. In this one specific case for this dude that lives in fucking Minnesota right now, yes, I'm wrong. But for everybody else that I was talking to, mm-hmm. it seems mm-hmm. to hold up pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I couldn't help you. Like, mm-hmm. that's really all that is. So. I try to put it into metaphors or abstractions because, like, 
why do you think people are cheering so loud for the games? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just the same. We're looking to see the hero win. That's the mm-hmm, same story. Mm-hmm. That's that's the oldest story. Mm-hmm. So that's why people care. That's the reason why we're not paying teachers the salaries we're playing NFL receivers. Mm-hmm. And I would venture to say the shit the teachers do are quite harder than what NFL receivers do. I'm just putting that out there. Not Okay, let's say DBs. DBs can get shit on for eight games, and then they just still get paid millions of dollars. But Or like weathermen. Why do you get to get paid to give bad news to people every day? That doesn't make sense. Whatever. That was a tangent. My point being, I think that to use an abstraction gives people the ability to bring in what they know about the abstraction mm-hmm. on top of what they know mm-hmm. about what you're actually referring to. So, like, if I talk about a game, they can say, oh, yeah, I was losing and I came back. That's the same thing as, like, being determined in my relationship and making sure that here's another one. Write this down if you've never heard something like this. If you go to bed feeling better than you did when you woke up, you're on the right path. If you feel like you took a step in the right direction when you lay your head on the pillow further than you were when you woke up that day, keep doing that. Have enough days in the row, then you will not even recognize the person that's at the end of those days than the person that was at the beginning of those days. You won't even know that that's the same person because mm-hmm. that's how change happens. And if you fall one day, get back up and keep it moving because mm-hmm. the game is going to kill you. This mm-hmm. game, no one wins. We all die. Mm-hmm. So you only have X amount of time to try. What, what's stopping you from trying? You're just going to be a piece of shit forever? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound constructive. You're going to let, you're gonna let, <laughs> let, let love go? No, nope. like, yeah, not even, yeah. Not even try? And just say, oh, well, we don't, we, that's just because we don't get along. Well, there's only two of you. So one of y'all is wrong mm-hmm. or both. You just y'all, have to build be on the same page. Someone say something. Like, I can't wait for my wedding because my girlfriend's parents hate each other. Haven't talked to each other since they got divorced. She's still suing him for shit. He's still paying her money. This is like six years out. The, y'all sitting at the same table? What? The parents' table. The, that's where y'all sitting. Have fun. And if you don't, don't come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you two playing this hula hoop game and taking her through the mm-hmm. ringer with her emotions because you two are fighting some metaphorical battle over who's the right person. Both of y'all suck. Or you wouldn't have been put in this position. Both of y'all took it and that's all I'm trying to... Uh, hold on a second, hold on a second. Both of y'all took an L. And if you had to... If, if, it is, if the relationship is negative, then both people have some hand in it. Sometimes it's more than others, but you're a part of it regardless. You can't play the blame game. No one, no one fixes anything that way. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't... It, it's not constructive. It doesn't work over time. You can't blame people forever and think that that's going to make something better that's not how that works mm-hmm. and um we got about five minutes left but i just wanted to kind of refocus what you were saying and basically like the idea of gamifying your relationships and even you know your self-love is to be able to use your feelings your emotions your good life experiences in a way that you can use it as a compass to know that you're moving in the right direction especially when it comes to a person that you feel like you're in the right relationship with. So if you feel like you're waking up better, you feel like you're growing stronger, you feel like you're um, developing better emotions, more emotions of love, you're feeling really good, you're glowing, keep moving in that direction. Those are, those running, are signs. Bro. Keep running. You know, and hit, you know so um, that's, that's pretty much all we got time for. I already know that. You'll be another guest in the future. Um, is there any last words you can give to 
to the lovebirds who are listening today. What, I got, like, three minutes? Yeah, about All right. three. Let's do the speed round. I got, I got like, three <laughs> Um, This is interesting. Stop making real-life decisions over abstracted levels of communication. What I mean by that is the most intimate one-to-one relationship in any way that you're going to exchange en- energy with another human is sex. That's why everybody loves it. That's why it sells. That's pretty much the reason. There's no point where you're more intimately connected with a human than when you are in literally inside of them or they're inside of you, whichever way you get down. I don't know. So after that is a one-on-one conversation to the point where nothing in your body feels like you need to be somewhere else. You are 100% listening in that conversation. It could be negative. It could be positive. But either way, that is a step down from sex, and those are the places where you should make these decisions. Don't – okay, whatever. Next one. Small dinner party, three to five people. You can have a conversation, all be on the same page. People are still exchanging ideas. Next one, big dinner party, 20 people. You can't really have, it's like three fragmented conversations of six people. You can't have that many conversations unless you're doing like a meeting. And then you have like the meeting one-on-one, but it's really one-on-20, 2,000, 50,000, whatever, meeting type of thing. Then you have FaceTimes. Then you have phone calls. Then you have text messages. Then you have social media. People are making decisions based on things that they're reading off social media, and that's nine steps away from what I started with. Mm. Why? That doesn't make any sense. You can't get a full understanding of how someone feels based off of that long of a distance away from what they actually meant. You'll send something to somebody on Twitter, and you don't even expect them to respond. You don't even expect them to respond. Mm-hmm. It's like, they ain't going mm-hmm. to say anything about this. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's hilarious. That, why would you even try? Okay, so that's one thing. We can move out of the way. Uh, oh, what did I say we need to come back and talk about? Emotions. Oh, oh, okay, okay. What we got? Two minutes? If I pack this into this, that's, that's great. Um, this is something that, if you've never heard it before, try your best to follow along, but it's easy to get lost in this because it's, it's, it's weird to talk about. Basically, it's something like this. Emotions literally stands for energy in motion. Emotions. You feel energy moving throughout your body. Palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Everybody's heard this Eminem lyrics. That's literally energy moving throughout your body and doing things. You get butterflies in your stomach. I feel like I got a pain in my chest that hurts so bad. Like All those things are your body responding to the mental synapses that are happening in reference to you in space and time. Um, those emotions that you feel and whatever anger and sadness or joy is to you, you feel those emotions. So you'll say, I don't like that, or that pisses me off, or fuck that. That's one of my favorites. Um, You'll feel like that, and then you become that. Then I'm pissed off. I am angry. Like, yeah, that made me mad, but then this happened, and that pissed me off. That foot switch where it becomes, I felt this, but now I am this, there's a gap in time between those two things. There's a period of time, for me, it's very long, because I I practice um, mindfulness and meditation, and I can get to the root of when I felt upset to when I became upset. But there's a gap in time there where you can kind of see that emotion creeping up on you and understand that that emotion is how that makes you feel and don't let it become you. Analyze it and then act in the way that you would want to best handle that situation if you were giving advice to someone else. Treat yourself as if you were taking care of yourself if you were sick. That's probably the best way that you can go about that. And if you can get that taken care of, You'll treat people all right, too. That's, I mean, he just basically blessed everybody uh, with those concepts. If you have any more questions for me or Tavian, uh, you can reach out to us directly, message us directly on the 
Good Relationships Podcast Instagram page. Just search that and you'll find us. Thank you guys for listening. We love you, lovebirds. And as always, stay blessed, not stressed. Thanks, David. No problem, man. Thank you, guys.